Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good morning, everyone. This is Jeremy Evans, your host of Believe in Sports Law via the Believe Podcast Network. Today is Monday, March 2nd, 2020. Entering a new month here. Uh, as you all may know, the 29th of February was uh, part of the leap year, so we had an extra day there, which is great. Always have a, nice to have an extra day in life. But today our topic is um, what I think is an interesting one and uh, something a colleague of mine had, um, had mentioned to me. And it's something that uh, I'd been kind of following and then decided to follow up on the, the story and put together this podcast on it. And it has to do with the regional sports networks uh, or more likely known as RSNs. And essentially this is what happens when let's say like Fox Sports West or the um, Yes Network or uh, when they were part of a larger network, uh, sort of these huge, um, I guess, conglomerate or sort of huge packs of games um, that are a part of a regional sports network. So you might have like in Colorado, you might have Altitude, which is, you know, includes the Nuggets and includes the Avalanche, you know, things like that, right? And these are something that became very popular in the sort of 2000s. Um, and then probably like around, I would say, anywhere between sort of 2005 to 2000, sort of 10, 2015, these things were really popular. And of course, times have changed, and that's sort of what this story is all about and what maybe some of these regional sports networks can do to combat the changes in the industry. And so um, where we're at now, we'll kind of highlight a few different things and a few different problems that are going on, and then we'll get into some of the solutions that I think uh, may open up some opportunities uh, for these regional sports networks. So I think overall, this is really a story of timing. You know, I don't think RSNs are, are necessarily a bad thing. I think they can still be marketable, but it's just a matter of who they're selling to and how they're selling the content, right? Um, you know, anything can be repackaged. And so uh, sort of the story of today is really that regional sports networks are having a hard time uh, selling their content. And which means less and less sports fans are seeing that content and maybe even more specifically, less and less sports fans will over time watch live sports on linear broadcast television via these traditional RSNs unless they rebrand or remarket or resell themselves. So um, there was an article that I read recently on um, multichannel.com. And it talks about, and I'll quote, uh, as license fees rise, analysts wonder what are, whether they're still worth the price. Last year, Sinclair paid what appeared to be a bargain price of $8.9 billion to purchase the 21 Fox Regional Sports Networks. Uh, they had been owned by the Walt Disney Company after it acquired 21st Century Fox, but uh, obviously regulators within the antitrust uh, department with the Attorney General, U.S. Attorney General, decided that um, obviously, those needed to be sold off when Disney, which also owns ESPN, uh, purchased 21 Century Fox. Um, and of course, that $8.9 billion was not as high of a price as normally would have been paid uh, for such a massive amount of content, right? Specifically, live sports rights. Now, this sort of story, if it seems fil uh, familiar, it is. 
uh, the Chicago Cubs, the Los Angeles Dodgers via Spectrum, and even the Denver um, Regional Sports Network, so it includes the Nuggets and the uh, Avalanche of the NBA and the um, NHL, respectively. Uh, those are sort of prior and current examples of uh, these regional sports networks having a hard time being sold for um, what would normally be a higher value in a different market. And, um, you know, specifically um, some of these examples, you know, obviously Spectrum has sort of been in this uh, issue for, I don't know, I guess four or five years now where they, they essentially purchased Dodgers broadcast rights for I think 25 bit or $8 billion for 25 years. And of course, about 50% of the Los Angeles market has not been able to watch those games if they don't have Spectrum or other providers. And of course, there was even from some litigation regarding that. I believe it was DirecTV that got sued for um, anti-competitive activity because they essentially prematurely raised the price uh, for uh, Spectrum trying to sell this content uh, to those different platforms. And they ended up having to pay a fine. But I don't know what the sort of uh, fallout from that was other than, I guess, conceivably, DirecTV saw it fit to pay more money in litigation or to pay money in litigation and pay the fee than it was to actually host that programming. So here we are, and we have these regional sports networks who are finding a hard place to find a home, a distribution home. And, you know, with that, we also have streamers, right? With the advent of streamers and in, in terms of streaming content versus linear broadcast television, and it brings up the sort of idea of, okay, where does this content go? Well, interestingly enough, uh, YouTube, which had been hosting some of these regional sports networks in terms of adding content to its platform, uh, has recently, it was reported by The Verge, that um, negotiations had stalled with regard to um, YouTube uh, TV's uh, sports programming and specifically not carrying certain RSNs uh, via Sinclair, uh, which is the company, again, that purchased the 21 regional sports networks from Disney, uh, which had purchased it from Fox in uh, that takeover of 21st century Fox. So, you know, here we are. We have YouTube, which is a, I guess you could call a streamer. It's, it's more of a platform. You can post content. But, again, a streamer in the broader sense of the term but even in this sense, you know, YouTube is sort of backing off. And I think that uh, from RSNs, I think YouTube's a little bit different here, though, because YouTube has been scaling back on some of its TV content. And, um, you know, I think that the, the the red TV or was it YouTube red or whatever it was, uh, that's something that uh, was not as successful, I think, as YouTube would have ex- would have wanted or expected. But uh, YouTube has been scaling back in some sense. And um, so I think that may play into maybe its broader corporate strategy than it is to RSNs for streamers. But we'll sort of see how that plays back. But I think ultimately it just can highlights the point that uh, linear television with regard to sports is sort of, there's some pushback there. And these linear sort of sports providers are not necessarily looking to host this content anymore. And YouTube is the first sort of, hybrid, if you will, or streamer, if you will, that is pushing back on that. Now, that all being said, um, you know, Amazon continues to make its push in distributing sports content. Um, Obviously, the best example here is Thursday Night Football with the NFL. They've also got a ton of sports documentaries. 
And there's also rumors that Amazon, Hulu, and others are going to be in the sort of same negotiation room, so to speak, with ABC, ESPN, NBC, Fox, and CBS uh, as the five major sports in America, NBA, MLB, uh, Major League Soccer, um, NHL, and the NFL, as those sort of sports rights come up for uh, come up for grabs, so to speak, or for purchase. Um, so they've so Amazon's definitely been pushing into that realm. Matter of fact, there was an article I read in the Age that reported that uh, quote Amazon wants all eighteen of uh, eighteen clubs in the Australian Football League to be part of a football documentary series. Um, end quote that um, Amazon wants to host on its platform, and this is in addition to the deals that. Amazon has brokered with the Premier Football League and some of the other uh, groups. So that's going to be very interesting to see how Amazon continues its play there. Now, unfortunately, where where regional sports networks or RSNs were very popular and profitable in the past, streaming content options have really pushed pushed ahead, really full steam into people's homes and, and devices. And in some sense, it's looking to take the place of that linear sort of programming, or at least complement it, right? As uh, RSNs are really seen as too expensive and uh, inflexible. And I think the inflexible part uh, can be changed when you're looking at streaming options. Now, this makes sense, right? Because just very practically and logically speaking, most of these RSNs that we're talking about do not have in-house streaming options. So anytime that they're trying to go outside, they're going to have to be looking at their contracts and saying, okay, do we have the ability to do this, to, you know, to go streaming? This is, of course, the issue with the Dodgers deal and Spectrum. Um, you, know, you know, ultimately, Spectrum doesn't have a well-known um, existing streaming platform. It has internal stuff, but it's not as sort of powerful as an Amazon or whatever it might be or a Hulu. So in that sense, they have to go outside and broker different deals and that may bring complications when you're talking about existing deal terms and existing partners and uh, talking about the expense of certain content, which we'll get into a little bit. So again, those that not having that in-house streaming option makes it difficult for RSNs to stream that, that content. You know, even AT&T Time Warner, um, which also owns uh, HBO and Bleacher Report, they're kind of in a tough spot because even though they're going to be launching HBO Max this spring, HBO Max and HBO in general has never been known to stream, stream live sports content other than, um, let's say, fights or uh, MMA matches or things like that. It's never been known to sort of host football or whatever programming, baseball. So um, so again, even AT&T is trying to sell its for RSNs, and uh, that has an in-house streaming option, but again, not one that's directed to live sports content. That may change in the future, but we'll sort of see how that plays out. And, you know, really, in fact, the only streaming and social media platforms that we know of that have entered into some of these distribution deals for live sports content is Amazon, Hulu, Flow Sports, Twitter, and Facebook, which, of course, Flow Sports being sort of the lesser known of those. And then we also have uh, DAZN, Bleacher Report, which is owned by AT&T Time Warner, and Spotify, which has also demonstrated and shown an interest in live sports content in uh, various uh, versions and formats. Now, I think sort of going back to looking at YouTube, we can see that its reluctance to sort of 
uh, have RSNs is is telling in terms of at least what streaming plat- type platforms are willing to get into at least at this point. And it really comes down to smaller pieces of the sort of proverbial live sports pie, live sports rights pie, meaning that you know Amazon only originally initially went after and acquired Thursday Night Football via the NFL versus an entire season or conference of games. Let's say like Fox hosting NFC games or uh, ABC hosting, you know, AFC games in the morning on, on Sunday, or, you know, ESPN going after only, um, you know, sort of uh, the uh, Sunday night football games or whatever it might be. So again, the point here is that's sort of the streamers have been limited in terms of going after very specific games, you know, postseasons, uh, postseason play, playoffs, that sort of thing. And YouTube, uh, with Major League Baseball, Facebook with Major League Baseball, Twitter and Hulu with regard to the NFL and also baseball games has shown some of that, even some football games. It's very specific. It's very targeted towards an audience. And, you know, that all being said, I threw ESPN in there, which is I mean, not a traditional streamer other than its ESPN Plus platform. But the point is, is that, you know, generally, unless you're an ABC or an NBC or a CBS, you're not going to go after full seasons or full conferences of games. You're going to go after a very targeted approach. So I think that where that leads us to is this point of, you know, we're, you know, with, with the streaming strategy, I think that ultimately RSNs can do themselves a favor by seeking to have a more diversified and or streaming platform approach. You know, seeking to satisfy their customer appetites, specifically for the streamers, to have some entertainment, some media, and some sports content. And, of course, this diversification of content in terms of finding more buyers uh, for these RSNs, actually, it increases their distribution. Uh, It increases their licensing fees because you're getting it from more people versus one, you know, to the whole divide and conquer aspect. Uh, Reaches more fans. And it allows for more uh, control to sell on different platforms versus being very specific or exclusive to one. Of course, it'd be nice to have a one-top sh- one-stop shop and walk into a, a network and say, hey, run all of our content. In the end of the day, that might not be the best idea in, in today's market. You know, People are sort of used to having multiple streaming platforms, although there's also evidence that having too many platforms is not the best idea and actually gets into sort of uh, subscription fatigue, right? and payment fatigue. But there was an article that ran recently, just actually a few days ago with the Associated Press talking about that streaming is on the rise for live sports. So where does this leave RSNs? Um, I guess, you know, it's a it's a wait and see approach. I think some of their contracts probably limit them. I think some of the content probably limits them. I think some of the technology limits uh, streaming live sports and to do it on a consistent full season basis. But I think RSNs would do themselves well by trying to pivot into a streaming and diversified buyer approach. And but again, I think that's another story uh, beyond um, you know this current story of timing and where RSNs sit today. So, folks, uh, that's it for this week's show. Uh, and uh, this is uh, your host Jeremy Evans via the Believe Podcast Network. This was a story of timing. And it's a story about the regional sports networks and their increased difficulty of finding distribution homes and the solution of looking at a diversified buyer approach along with a streaming 
platform approach. So folks, that's it for this week. Looking forward to being back with you next week. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.